Hey, welcome to Smash Everything. I'm Molly, and I'm so excited to have you all here. Welcome again to all of the people who found me from Vegan Warrior Princesses Attack. It was very exciting earlier this week. Uh, Nicole and Callie, the Vegan Warrior Princesses, had me on their podcast to talk about gender. I had all sorts of fun, and I really recommend you go check it out. If you have the time to listen to me talk about gender for an hour, you might even hear a special announcement about our show. Speaking of which, if you haven't taken the Smash Everything listener survey yet, I would really appreciate it if you did that. It only takes three or four minutes, and it's at surveymonkey.com slash r slash smash everything. Today, Token Sisset White Boy Rich is back to talk about marriage, the thing that brings us together today. I don't like it. Yeah, we'll just jump right in there. <laughs> did you want a more soft open? I could do... I could do my Princess Bride impression. No, I had just done that. That's why I said marriage is what brings us together Oh, today. but you didn't do the voice. No. Sorry. It was a subtle Princess Bride impression. Got it. Yeah, I didn't get it. All right. So, um, when you were a kid, did you imagine yourself getting married? Was that a future that you anticipated for yourself? Definitely, yeah. Um, I sort of pictured myself as as kind of making my own little nuclear family with little mini rich children who I mean I don't know how wealthy they would be <laughs> but they, they would look like me basically but shorter um and yeah and, and and so like wife kids house in the suburbs maybe not in the suburbs but so at what point because now you are anti-marriage is yeah. that fair well I, I don't I'm anti-marriage for myself all right so at what point did your opinion change from tiny riches to no wife no kids uh, well, kids is a whole other right. smash. Please but, just do the wife part. <laughs> uh, I guess my, my opinion about it changed kind of around the same time I stopped being, like, a bad man. Like, when I learned about, uh, or, you know, I got to be a better man. Uh, when I learned about, like, how the the patriarchy kind of hurts everyone and, and the kind of insidious ways that uh, it's, it's influence... Um, spreads and the way it persists between generations just because no one questions these these constructs we've built and, and this machinery that exists. Uh, I, I feel like once once at least I learned that, I couldn't really see myself participating in that system. Can you describe in more detail how marriage is patriarchal? It might seem very, very obvious, but I would still appreciate if you explained for everyone. Totally. So, I mean... Marriage started out, I mean, the idea of marriage as a bond of everlasting love is actually really recent and mm-hmm. really modern. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess at this point, I should say that a lot of this is kind of crib notes from uh, 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 All the Single Ladies by Rebecca Traister um, uh, and also, you know, other things. But a lot of this is kind of coming from that book. Um, but so... Originally, it was really a way to tie families together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one father would say, hey, you know, I'm a, a wheat grower and you're a baker. I don't know. And let's our families would be stronger together. Or something yeah, I like feel that, like the right? greatest example of this is Game of Thrones, where everyone's always getting married. And it's always like because it's like we're fighting. And the best way to not fight and team up and have a bigger workforce or a bigger army is to make these two people marry each other. Right, right. And 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 so it's 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 these decisions by these men at the top of the families um to basically you know, they treated it as exchanging property. Like I'll give you my daughter 
uh, to marry your son. And so you're, you're basically, you've spent all of this, and again, this is all from their viewpoint, right? But you've spent all of this, all of your time and energy and, and capital, like raising this daughter. And then she ceases to benefit your family and joins this other family in this patrilineal, you know, system. Um, and so it was this exchange of property. It was, it was, I'm going to give you my daughter and then our families are joined. Uh, and so really the people getting married are not even the principal actors, uh, in their own marriage. I mean, I mean, it's not, maybe it's not an arranged marriage. And certainly this is truer for like upper, upper class families originally than it is for, for, for the other classes, but still like in its original form, marriage is much more about property and about power, um, for the patriarchs than it is about anything else. Right. And then the life expectancy for men was 29 years old. So even if you were a woman who was forced into marriage at a very young age, you would likely only have a couple of decades of marriage to your husband, possibly even less if he was older than you, as typically the women were younger than the men. So marriage was created out of political patriarchal power and was only expected to last 5, 10, 15 years. And now, because marriage is no longer needed in the United States in the same way, because I think we chose to focus specifically on, like, Western concepts of marriage, right? Mm, yeah. Um, then we've turned it into something about love and soulmates and connection, the same way that we changed our concept of children from, like, field hands and free labor to sources of our meaning of life. Um, and so, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, and that, I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about, about this, like, these insidious ways that the patriarchy can kind of find ways to squirm out of tight spots and continue to exist. Like, you'd think, like, you know, naively, you might think, oh, you know, once these these this power brokering is no longer required, like, oh, people are like, mm, I don't really want to get married. But no, like, it finds a way to twist into, like, the purest expression of love is marriage and, like, this commitment to each other and, like, all of this pressure to stay married, even though it doesn't make, maybe it doesn't make sense for you anymore. Like, there's there's this incredible, like like, twist, and then you can't, you know, looking back, you still think of it. Like Romeo and Juliet, right? You still think of it as, like, marriage has always been primarily about love. And and so, mm. yeah, I just I think that's a really scary but fascinating, you know, thing about marriage and, and the patriarchy in general. Yeah, and this really exemplifies why Smash Everything was created in the first place, is that we pass along these concepts that we never question because it seems so obvious and so we all see marriage all the time we grow up with this like heterosexual monogamous concept of marriage most mm -hmm. of us do not all of us do but the majority of us do and that's what we're sold by the media and so it never really occurs to us to look at this institution that's been going on for hundreds and thousands of years and be like oh wait this is kind of weird and so uh something that i definitely wanted to share because it's something that i always think of when people talk about how weird marriage is is this clip by azizi ansari that like perfectly points out how fucking weird marriage is and we're gonna play it for you right now and i sure hope this is covered under fair use because i'm gonna use it but imagine if marriage didn't exist and you're a guy and you ask a woman to get married imagine what that conversation would be like you'd be like uh hey so um you know, we've been hanging out together all the time, spending a lot of time together and everything. Yeah, yeah, I know. I want to keep doing that till you're dead. <laughs> what? 
I want to keep hanging out with you till one of us dies. <laughs> Put this ring on your finger so people know we have an arrangement. <laughs> Who's that guy? It's a priest. <laughs> I want you to swear to God you won't back out of this deal. And then there's a part at the end where she asks, like, why are we doing this? And he's like, tax purposes. <laughs> but it, it begs the question, like, why are we still marrying other than habit? Um, and the truth is that the rates of marriage are dropping and the age of marriage is rising. And I have some ideas for why that is. But first, do you want to share the current statistics according to Rebecca Traster? Yeah. So, again, plug for all the single ladies. But so I'm going to kind of read a little bit out of just the introduction to this book. Um in 2009, the proportion of American women who were married dropped below 50%. And the median age of first marriage that had remained between 20 and 22 from 1890 to 1980, today, the median age of first marriage for women is around 27, and much higher than that in many cities. By our mid-30s, half of my closest girlfriends remain unmarried. Um, and then it goes on about that for a while. And then, for the first time in American history, single women, including those who were never married, widowed, divorced, or separated, outnumbered married women. Perhaps even more strikingly, the number of adults younger than 34 who had never married was up to about 46%, rising 12 percentage points in less than a decade. Today, only around 20% of Americans are wed by age 29, compared to 60% in 1960. So I have a bunch of ideas as to why people are increasingly staying single for longer and possibly forever, but do you have any guesses because they're not all as noble as you most people are not thinking at least especially most men are not thinking i don't want to uphold the patriarchy so why do you think people are getting married later or not at all well i think i think there's i think there's two reasons that i can think of that really stand out to me one of which i like and one of which is sad uh, the one i like is that i think slowly we're being presented in the media with more things that are not like cishet like families getting married and staying married um and, and also there are just more women in the world who are not married so it's it's you can't be what you can't see type of thing like mm -hmm. the, the the existence of these i don't know if role models is the right word but you know people who do this thing maybe i can do that too i think it's a role model often sure um and then the other reason that that kind of springs to mind is um there's horrible income inequality um and uh, especially uh, in for 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 non-white folks, and so I think that just more people have to work, and then when you have to work, uh, being married, maybe you just don't have time for that, and certainly not for the traditional like woman stays home and takes care of the family, uh, and especially since there's no maternity leave. I mean, children would be less likely if you're not gonna have children. Are you gonna get married? So I think I think a lot of like economics has an effect on. Um, um, marriage rates as well. Yeah, there's kind of two economic results because one of them is that the economy was bad for a long time mm -hmm. and that led to a decrease in marriage for exactly what you said. Like, they wanted economic stability before they were married, but also the growing financial independence of women because even though the wage gap is still incredibly real, um, it is less prevalent as perhaps it was before when obviously when women didn't work at all they were forced to marry in order to have any source of income at all and now women can theoretically provide for themselves mm -hmm. um which means that they're more able to escape marriage if it's not the choice that they want to make uh other reasons that i've run into is that uh sex 
having children outside of wedlock and living with someone without being married have all been destigmatized. Like before, uh, if you and I wanted to live together, we would need to get married. And now we don't. Also, contraception is much more available and much Mm. more effective, which means that you're not having as many weddings based on, oh, we're having a baby and we're not allowed to have babies out of wedlock and so we need to get married right away. That's not happening both because babies out of wedlock are destigmatized and because contraception is more readily available. Mm -hmm. Although still not as available as it should be, see the entire GOP continually fucking us over every day of our lives. Anyway. um, Wait, is this a political podcast? No. Oh, okay. Um... I don't even have a joke for that. I'm like, like, what would I talk about if I didn't talk about politics? It's a podcast about the weather and... it's Yeah, it's a Gallagher podcast. We just find things to literally smash. I don't know that reference. Isn't he the guy who smashes watermelons? I don't know. Probably. All right. Anyway, um, the last reason (laughs) that I have found is... um, Quote, the continued transformation of our society, which up until fairly recently emphasized obedience to authority, especially for women, and now prizes personal freedom, pleasure, and individual choice, which I think is very true. It's like before, you know, conservatives were much more successful in pushing this message that we all needed to conform to this, like, hetero-dominant society, and now more and more people are like, you know what? No, I do what I want. I don't, I like, I wonder though, because there's always been radicals in every generation. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what it is about this generation that was finally able to like overthrow that concept. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Rebecca Tracer talks about it in, in all the single ladies, but I, I, I think it's just that thing where, you know, these are really like hard fought and hard won battles just to get, you know, the right for women to own property at first. And then, you know, you, you have to keep moving up from that. And, and I think it's just, maybe our generation's the first time i mean you know we we are among the first to benefit from like first second third wave feminism and all that that is true our parents are second wave feminists Mm -hmm. or maybe not yours and mine but someone's parents are second wave feminists folks our age yes um i have uh one more kind of general critique uh that is it's more of a personal one uh but it's this this idea that you would intentionally uh, set up a roadblock to someone leaving a relationship is, like, really frightening to me, um, uh, especially because, uh, you know, in in your typical heterosexual relationship, the man starts with so much more power just because of male privilege um, that, like, setting up an additional thing that makes it harder for, for the woman to, to leave... Uh, uh, a a potentially abusive partner or a bad like situation of any kind. Uh, just I don't understand um the motivation there and 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 so many things that marriage supposedly does. Like oh, it's a deeper commitment to like work on the relationship and 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 make it work. It's like well, if you want to make it work, you still can if you're not married. Uh, so I don't know. I just don't understand. I personally don't understand the motivation to like set up a, a literally a legal, you know, like handcuff yourself to this person mm-hmm. type of thing. That's actually a really good point. It's something I didn't think about when we were, you know, putting our thoughts together for this episode is that no fault divorce didn't originate until 1970. Yeah. Before 1970, you had to have like a court approved reason to get a divorce and you're forced into marriage. And so, you know, 
the divorce rate over the last several decades have gone from 15% to 50%, and that's seen by especially conservatives as some sort of, like, doomsday sign, but really it's because women have been treated like shit throughout history and couldn't escape, and now they can escape more. (laughs) Like, that's the reason. And similarly, marriage in general is trapping folks of all genders, but disproportionately women in, you know, abusive cycles and just uh, situations where they're doing like disproportionate amounts of the work. And I understand the trope of men who are like perfect angels until they are married to a woman. And once they're married, they start being abusive or they start just like, stop trying. Like I know someone who's married to someone where as soon as they got married, he was like, all right, you're going to provide for our family. now. I'm not going to do anything. And there's like all sorts of other issues that happen that you don't find out until after they're married and they feel safe. Like a lot of people who are married describe marriage as like this really good feeling that like your relationship will always be there no matter what but I think it's also permission for people to stop trying because they feel like no matter what they do they're going to be married so they don't have to put as much effort into the relationship and so while I am a person who is constantly extremely anxious that people are going to leave me and does like the concept of someone committing to being there for me I also can understand how incredibly trapped I would feel if there was no way out. And if you say, well, divorce is a way out, then that's my real question is like, what is the point of marriage Mm -hmm. when divorce exists? What is the point of marriage when people get married five or six times? Is it just for tax purposes? Or do you think that each time is like the time it's going to stick? Or do you not mind you just like the concept of being married, but you don't mind getting married six or seven times or two times or three times? Because I just... Once it becomes this thing that you can pop in and out of, like, what's the difference between marriage and a relationship other than just purely legal benefits? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think it's exactly what you're talking about. I think it's, it, it, you know, I'm going to betray my science background here, but I, I think it's, it just increases the activation energy for leaving. It makes it harder, you know, to, 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 to get out of the relationship. And so, you, you know, a, a bad partner might think, oh, you know, they're not going to divorce me if I stop doing the dishes or whatever it is. So, so yeah, I, I, I just, I think that, uh, freedom is good. And if you choose every day to be with your partner, that's awesome. But if you wake up every morning and you're like, man, divorce is a hassle. I'll just, you know, we can do it another day. That's, that sucks. Yeah. Speaking of legal benefits, I wanted to bring in a lot of queer critiques of marriage that were floating around, particularly during the fight for gay marriage. And I am not an expert on this, but from what I can explain, the critique can actually be applied not only to queer relationships, but to straight relationships, because the critique is that uh, marriage is presented as this thing where if you get married, you have access to health care through your partner's insurance, and you have access to staying in the country if you need legal status, and you have all these tax breaks, these wonderful tax breaks, and you have right to visit people that you love in the hospital and, like, make medical decisions for them, and if uh, your partner is serving in the military, you need to get married in order to live on the military with, base with them, which is actually one of the most prominent reasons I know for folks getting married really young is wanting to live on a military base with someone in the military. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, we need to give gay people the right to marry so that they have access to these tax breaks and health care and hospital visits and military bases and all this stuff. But what we should be critiquing instead is that our society has decided that we're only giving are only willing to give these rights to this narrow group of long term, long term monogamous partnerships that are sanctioned by the state. And 
anyone who wants a different form of relationship, whether it be polyamory, where, you know, without non-hierarchical polyamory, whether it be, like, relationships based just on friendships without, you know, the concept of romantic marriage that's now involved in marriage, um, any sort of family structure or relationship structure that doesn't conform to our idea of what marriage should look like, we're not allowed those benefits to the same degree. And so it's taking these already marginalized people, such as queer people, and marginalizing them even further by removing all these benefits from them. And so, cool, like, gays can marry now, that's great, but what about all of the folks, queer and straight, who still want access to these benefits that are not being allowed because they refuse to conform to the societal expectation of marriage? That's my question. (laughs) Um, So it's very much a form of social control, And something to prove the point that it really is just functioning to continue to give power and resources to a few people is uh, studies that show that in the past, folks of all economic backgrounds and racial backgrounds and educational backgrounds have married equally. And just recently, only more educated, like college educated and upper class folks are marrying at higher rates than everyone else. But folks of all backgrounds still statistically desire marriage the same amount. And it comes back to what you said about just not having the economic means to start a family. So only the people who are like upper middle class and well-educated are actually able to create the structure for a successful marriage, whereas people in these other divisions, not to say that none of those marriages work, obviously, but like statistically, fewer of those are happening, which means that they're not getting the benefits, which is further stratifying the educated and and economic elite versus like the working class and people of color. Well, and not only that, but you can then turn around. I mean, not only are they denied to do, deny the opportunity to do this thing they want to do, but then you can turn around and say, you know, well, of course that kid's screwed up. Where's the father? Or, like, why mm-hmm. aren't they married? Like, you can you can create a social requirement and then deny it to people. It's just absurd. Yeah. No, that's super true because there is research that says, like, kids that come out of um, married families are more successful, but that is obviously could be correlation. There's nothing mm-hmm. that says it's causation in the research. They're just like, it could well be because these people are actually wealthier and, and more educated. Yeah, yeah. Something tells me that like successful mechanical engineers aren't sitting there going like, thank God my parents were married or I wouldn't know how to do this math. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I actually also read like a really interesting to me concept, which is that same-sex marriage might be actually a way of taming the mainstream normie gay community and the power that they could contribute to revolutionizing our like cultural structure by giving them like okay we'll throw you a bone you can marry now and that like tames a lot of the radical energy and so there's only like the most radical queers who are like nope this is still fucked up (laughs) well it's like i'm picturing this little worm that is patriarchy i mean it's a huge it's massive worm that is patriarchy that's like oh shit gender's fake and everyone's gay like what am i gonna do (laughs) i know i'll like throw this power structure of like you're married yeah like here's marriage and then you get like these dumb like who who's the husband who's the wife like you 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 can feel it like yeah it's just assimilation like it's the same argument that like folks are saying that soon all latinx people will be seen or more latinx people will be seen as white and perceived mm-hmm. as white because 
whiteness wants to maintain the majority and we're moving towards a minority majority country and so like perhaps they will like absorb the light brownest people and be like you're white now and it's the same thing it's like they're absorbing like the most mainstream privileged like well-behaved gays and being like you're acceptable now Mm -hmm. everyone else still bad like any sort of like sexual kink any sort of like non-monogamous relationship you know that's still bad but if you can behave by like all of these like rules that the straights made up then you can have, like, the power that we have and the, the rights that we have. Um, and it's a way to, I mean, there's we could go on and on about how bad patriarchy is, but it's a way to split up, mm-hmm. like, groups. Like, oh, LGBTQ, but, like, uh, we'll throw trans people under the bus so we can get married. Like, yeah. you know, it's, there's so that's many true. ways they to actually, drive a wedge. That's exactly. actually true that they did They did focus on gay marriage at the expense of trans rights. So exactly. I just wanted to, I know you know that, but I was just clarifying for our listeners that that wasn't a hypothetical. That was, like, a real thing that happened. Um, and someone pointed out that like, $40 million was spent solely on the Prop 8 campaign and, like, how... Not that we shouldn't have campaigned for gay marriage because, like, I still think that queer folks should have the right to marry. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have the right to marry. I'm just saying, in addition to having to write the marry, the right to marry, we should also... Everyone of all genders and all sexual orientations should have the basic rights that I've listed before. Mm-hmm. So what if we could have used some of that money to, like, support homeless queer youth, for example? Or anything, literally anything that's not the military or, <laughs> like, pointless. Yeah. So, um... Gender confirmations. Right. And so I want to throw out here that our very first episode of Smash Everything, which remains one of my favorites to this day, is about last names and the way we pass on last names. And if we had made that episode, I would segue into that now, but we did. So everyone can go listen to my thoughts on how last names are passed down, both during marriage and otherwise, how that replicates patriarchy, alternatives for if you're getting married, different ways you could approach the last name situation without defaulting, without critically thinking about it, to the patriarchal structure. And I will pause now while you go listen to that episode. Anyway... (laughs) I have one more thing to say about marriage in America. Are you going to propose to me? No, because you would say no. (laughs) What's the point? (laughs) Also, I'm not trying to marry you. But, like, what's... I mean, two two good reasons to not propose. One, you say no. (laughs) Two, I don't want to. Those are really good reasons. I'm just saying, like, making a whole marriage podcast and then saying one more thing. (laughs) And then popping a big old diamond ring on my finger... I would say no. That's good. <laughs> that would be an irresponsible decision. You're moving away. <laughs> also, I like girls. Anyway, um, so last point. When we think of child marriage, most of us think of developing countries where one in three women are married before the age of 18. And one in nine women, which I guess girls, one in nine girls, are married by age 15. But did you know that there were almost 250,000 child marriages in the United States between 2000 and 2010? I did not know that. Yeah, that wasn't a rhetorical question. Great. Um, What do you think is the minimum age that you're allowed to marry in the United States? Well, because I'm a naive person, I'm going to say 18, but what's the real answer? Well, it couldn't be 18 because we have 250,000 child marriages. Right, but I feel like those maybe those are sneaky ones. No, those are like state-sanctioned ones. Oh, jeez. So what is the... Knowing that there are 250,000... 
quarter of a million people get married before they're adults. Uh, I'm going to say 15. That's a good guess. It is somewhat correct because in 27 states, there is no minimum age. Jesus. But in the other 23 states, it is either 15, 16, or 17. And so you were half right. And it was a trick question, so I think I'm going to give it to you. But yeah, in 27 states, there was no minimum age for people to get married. And the New York Times wrote this really heartbreaking article a couple months ago that I can link to in the show notes about an 11-year-old girl. Whoops. Trigger warning. Sexual assault of children. Okay. 11-year-old girl who was raped by an adult man, and rather than get messed up in any legal trouble, they just forced the 11-year-old to marry the 20-year-old. And this is repeated time and time again, where there are young girls who are, even in America, are molested by older adult men and then are forced to marry them. It is not just a problem that happens in other countries. It is a problem that happened here. There was even a Girl Scout, who I believe this year, who was 13, who for a Girl Scout project attempted to raise the age of consent to marry in her state to 18 from, I think, 15 or maybe nothing. And the legislature said no, they would not raise the age of consent because men are fucked up. Why, Molly, do you put this all on men? Because in the vast, overwhelming majority of cases, it is underage girls marrying adult men not by their choice. And even if it is their choice, can you really consent when you're 12 or 13 or 14 to marry an adult? You're not even allowed to buy cigarettes. You're not allowed to do anything. You're not allowed to do fucking anything. You can't drive a car to your wedding. But anyway, so um, all that is to say is that if you care about this kind you, of Wait, 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 wait. I have just... Uh, this is... Okay. Yes. This is a very, like... Obviously, this is, like, a horrible thing. But I just learned about it, so my brain is, like... What is a comparison of ages? All of those states, it would be illegal for you to watch pornography. Yeah. And you can get married. But also in all those states, it's illegal for people to watch child pornography and possess child pornography, but they're allowed to marry children and have sex with them. Because marriage is a way to get out of statutory rape. You can get around statutory rape laws if you marry someone. That just is so, like, on its face bad. I, it is, like, unbelievable Yeah, and yet, legislators in 2017, who are, should we say, predominantly men, are oh, like... who could have seen that coming? What? Are like, oh, you know what? We think this is fine. This is, like, a totally chill, okay thing to be happening. Right. It's not like, oh, shit, like, I didn't even realize our laws were that messed up. Thanks, yeah. Girl Scouts. Boop, fixed. Like, yeah. no. They're like, I, I now have intentionally chosen. I'm on the record. <laughs> yeah, babies should get married. Jesus. Yeah. So, this is one of the bleaker episodes, but I don't really have an uplifting note for this other than marriage is good for people. I mean, not all people. Some people have good marriages. Yeah. And that's something that I don't think I really, as a child of separated parents, understood. But some people are, like, happy, and that's cool. And I don't ever mean too harsh on the people who have made marriage work. That's fucking great. You're doing so well in your relationship. If you have, like, a successful, cool marriage where you're, like, communicating well and everyone's getting along great, great. And and if you find, like, 
the I mean, I think it's really a personality thing. Like if you find that like commitment and that extra like barrier helpful, like if you're like someone who's like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to break up with this person today. But then if it's more of a pain in the ass, you don't. And later you're like, I'm glad I didn't do that. Then cool. Like it works for you. I just think incorporating like the state's power and like the power of the patriarchy into your relationship is like not something I'd Yeah. And also like what I just ranted about was that these rights shouldn't be only given to married couples, but right now they are given to married couples. There are reasons to get married uh, because of the legal benefits that we currently possess. But if you are interested in social justice, in addition to maybe marrying the person that you love, if you want to do that, that's fine. You can think about like how your last names are passed down. You can think about how other benefits are passed only through marriage and ways that you can advocate for single folks and folks in alternate relationships to also receive those benefits. And you can advocate for the end to child marriage in the United States and around the world. Anything else? I still, I'm kind of stuck on the fact that child marriage legal. Oh, I guess I'd say the other thing is, like, you can support your friends if they're, like, in abusive marriages. Definitely. To, like, say that they have the right to leave and be like, just so you know, like, even though you're in a marriage, I would, like, 100% support you um, and, like, let me know if there's anything that you need from me in order to get to a safe place because that can be, like, really scary. And, like, it's so, so, so scary to leave any kind of abusive relationship or any kind of dependent relationship because, Mm -hmm. as we said before, women often um, are not don't have the economic privilege that men do and so it can be financially hard for them to leave as well as like a danger to their physical safety so provide resources for women and also anyone else that's in an abusive relationship it doesn't just happen to women that's my thoughts rich marriage is an institution wrought by patriarchy to control people those those are those are my thoughts those are your closing thoughts I get what what should my closing thoughts be? I was gonna dramatically pause. Will you marry me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Smash Everything. I really appreciate having you here. If you enjoyed the show, I have a few requests. One, what if you donated a dollar or more on Patreon? I would super appreciate that because I'm actually working on launching a new podcast and I'm spending so much money on it, like unreasonable amounts of money. And I could really, really, really use any donation. So if you like this show, if you want to see future shows from me, then please maybe throw money in the Patreon, especially if you are a man, if you're a white man, if you're a straight cis person, throw some money in there. That would be great. Also, if you want to stay abreast of all of our news and announcements, please follow us on Facebook.com. And also subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I assume you have, but maybe not. And also, if you have the Apple Podcast app, it is now so, like, one billion times easier to rate and review podcasts than it was before. So rate and review us. Why not? But only if it's five stars. And Take your three-star rating out of here. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go eat cake now? Yeah. Bye.